tonight we are talking about the Amazon Prime show, Good Omens. My name is Taryn Barber. I am the president of Amalgamania, and I have with me five other, I'm sorry, four other very special guests. Um, ladies, could you please introduce yourself and tell us how you heard about this show and what first made you want to watch it, starting with Sarah. Hello, everyone. I'm Sarah Blankenstein, and how I heard about the show, I am an avid David Tennant follower. I am big into Doctor Who. Well, actually, I got into Doctor Who because of David Tennant, so I should probably say that that would be the other way around. Um, and once I found out that there was going to be um, Good Omens on Amazon, I was super excited because I've also read the book a number of years ago um, and really enjoyed Neil Gaiman as an author. So getting to see this in um, an actual video form would be super fun. So that's why I decided to watch and enjoy it. Awesome. And we're actually here because of you. I mean, it was oh. Justin who said, Sarah would love to do a cast about Good Omens. Oh my and goodness. Absolutely. I had never heard anything about the show and was like, sure. <laughs> yes. I watched it again with Justin for the third time. I've watched it now. So yeah. and I could see that. I could see watching it two it's more so, times. It's so fun. Yeah. It is. Uh, Jordan, how'd you first hear about it? And who are you? <laughs> who am I? Um, I'm Jordan Epperson. Um, I first heard about it. Some of you all know that I have a two and a half year old. Well, when I was pregnant with her, um, I was in a, a mom group on Facebook for other women that were due at the same time. And one mom actually named her son Crowley. And the way that it's spelled, I thought that she was talking about Crowley from Supernatural. Well, somebody else had her the same question, and she basically was like, oh, no, 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 no. The guy from Good Owens, who's also a demon. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so that's what, that's what first put the, the show on my radar. But I didn't watch it until a couple of months ago when I got a new uh, fire to read on, and I have Amazon Prime as well go ahead and watch it i hear good things about it it has michael sheen and david tennant in it so i mean how bad could it be and so that's that's how i got into it that's an awesome story actually uh danielle well hi guys i'm danielle um i got into it because i loved American Gods also by Neil Gaiman and I didn't realize that Good Omens was actually a book by him as well so I would just got finished reading um first of all I heard about the American Gods series and then I said oh I gotta read the book of course I gotta read the book so I read the book was talking about it with a co-worker and he said oh well you gotta watch Good Omens and to be honest I actually fell asleep on the first episode three times and I was like I don't know about this one not that it was boring maybe because I like to stay up late anyway and when I heard we were going to do a cast on this I said okay I need to dig my heels in and like get this done and very impressed loved it so far so did you fall that's what got me into it three times consecutively like did you wake up and try to start watching it and fall asleep again or was it three separate occasions? It was separate occasions. <laughs> Definitely separate occasions. So it was, 
okay, I'm going to watch this. Cool. Wake up in the morning. Guess I didn't watch that. Cool. All right. I'm going to try it again this night. Fall asleep again. So yeah, definitely three separate occasions. <laughs> All right, Shelby. Hey guys, I'm your friendly neighborhood Shelby Crodo. Um, so I found out about it because actually a friend had recommended the book to me. And my friend is not a very avid reader. So I was very, very confused that they recommended a book to me. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I have to check this out. So I read the book and absolutely fell in love with it. And I actually did not know they were even making a TV show until I was just scrolling through Amazon Prime one day. And I was like, oh, this is gonna be amazing. Like I love David Tennant, love Michael Sheen. And I ended up binging the entire series in a day. <laughs> I, was, I was so impressed by it and I loved it. I just could not stop watching it. Wow, yeah, yeah, I had the same reaction. Um, for me, I found out about it actually through the chat for this cast. So like I said earlier, Justin, uh, Justin Cooper, shout out, said that Sarah would love to do a cast on the show. And I asked him what it was about. And he gave me a, a little synopsis. And I thought that's right up my alley. So that's how I ended up watching it. And like Shelby, I started watching, um, I think it was Thursday. Um, and I think I watched it in three episode blocks. There's six and I watched three and then another day I watched another three. So um, yeah, it was good enough for me too that I ended up binge watching it. Um, so if you haven't heard about the show, Shelby's gonna give us a brief synopsis of the show and tell us who's in it along with uh, the director, producer and all that good stuff. Shelby? All right, so a little bit, uh, some facts on the show. So obviously it was originally a book by Neil Gaiman uh, it was directed by Douglas uh, Mackinnon. Music was by David Arnold. Uh, the networks, obviously, you can find it on Amazon uh, Prime. Uh, the main cast in this is obviously, we already said, Michael Sheen, David Tennant. Uh, John Hamm is also in this. Adria Orjana, uh, Jack Whithall, Miranda Richardson, and the list just goes on and on. Uh, some things I like to throw in there is kind of what the ratings are. What are the critics saying? What are the audience saying? So right now it's an 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb. And the critics gave it an 84 on Rotten Tomatoes and the audience gave it a 91, which especially with Rotten Tomatoes, that is a pretty high score. I was actually really impressed to see that. So I'm gonna kind of give a little synopsis of the show just fairly quick. So the series is basically about an angel named Azarafel and a demon, Crowley. Pretty much, they're a very unlikely duo. They pretty much were the first angel and demon to come on Earth. And they ended up becoming very, very close friends. And over, like, obviously the decades and whatnot had went on, they became very fond of their life on Earth. And they decided they were going to form an alliance to try and stop the approaching Armageddon. So in order to do this, they had to try and find the Antichrist, which turns out to be an 11-year-old boy. And they pretty much are trying to, like, come together. Obviously, the angels are wanting this to happen. Everyone is wanting this to happen except for these two. So pretty much it's definitely a very ragtag duo, like one's very sassy, one's very unethical. So it's definitely a great show and I highly recommend it. Awesome. Uh, all right, we are about to get into our 
personal reviews for the show. So basically how we felt about it um, when we first watched it, we're only going to be discussing um, the first three episodes in any kind of detail. Uh, we can allude to how we like the rest of it, but we don't want to have any spoilers for anybody who um, is piqued by listening to this cast and wants to watch the show or heard about it and wanted to watch it. So we are going to start with Jordan this time. Um, personal review. How do you feel about the show? My personal review? Um, I mean, loved it. Everything from the fact that the soundtrack is queen um, to the casting to, I mean, even even just the graphics that they used in it were great and so colorful, but not the top like fantasy. I can't really think of anything off the top of my head at this particular second uh, that was bad about it for me. All right, Danielle. So I know I said that I fell asleep. That does that in no way. Uh, I want that to put anything bad on this. I just have a horrible sleep schedule. <laughs> I loved it. It was great. Um, being awake and alert and watching it is, of course, better. Um, I'm going to piggyback off what Jordan said. Awesome soundtrack. Like, give it to me. I loved that. But also, um, just the the main kind of focus of a lot of this, uh, Michael Sheen and David Tennant made it. They were hilarious their chemistry awesome um it, it was just good it was a good not take yourself your religion too seriously type thing and um is it was awesome <laughs> i'm kind of with jordan i um rewatch i definitely want to do a rewatch when i'm done to like really take into account of this but i i loved it i don't see too many bad things of it and definitely um, for our times of just, you know, sometimes we do take ourselves, um, our religion, our beliefs, other things just so seriously that we don't really look at the core of things. And I think this, uh, this series is a perfect example of that and nail on the head. Shelby. I mean, I definitely agree with what both of them were saying. I mean, it was just beautifully put together and especially for it being kind of a small, a smaller, like shorter series. They did a phenomenal job, like Michael Sheen and David Tennant just work off of each other's energy so well. And I mean, also, John Hamm also did an amazing job. He's also another actor that I really, really enjoy watching. So I mean, like, even the visual effects that they had in this, like, they were saying it wasn't super over the top. It pretty much added just enough to the show to kind of give it that extra oomph, but it didn't take away from the story and the plot and the comedy as well. I totally agree with everything that's been said so far. And it makes sense that um, Danielle brought up that it's written by the same author as American Gods, because one of my first thoughts was this looks like American Gods. I mean, I haven't read either book series, but um, there's a book called uh, The Gospel According to Jesus Christ by a Portuguese author, Jose Saramago. And the story is, um, it's very similar in terms of the contrast between good and evil. And in um, the show, you have, as uh, Shelby pointed out, you have this angel and this demon who are conversing and become friends. And in this book, it's actually God and the devil um, who are talking to one another. And it just puts a completely different spin on traditional religion and the battle between good and evil. And I think that's part of what piqued my interest in the show, that you have these guys trying to stop Armageddon. Um, so, and I love 
stuff like that. Like I love it when um, traditional views are challenged, um, when it's trying to make sense. It's, it's one thing to read about, for example, um, Genesis and the Garden of Eden. It's another thing to see it reenacted or visualize what that may have looked like, and then to take that and make it something completely different than what you might see in a Renaissance painting, for example, or, or some traditional um, iteration of a religious setting. So I love that just in terms of the topic and the creativity surrounding it was amazing for me. Um, Sarah, what'd you think? Okay, I absolutely adore this series as you may have already guessed um, that I've watched it a few times and of course read the book and different things. Um, the part that, you know, we're talking about, of course, overall, the, the doing the right thing and is what is the right thing and how would we know, you know, why would it be a bad thing to know the difference between right and wrong? You know, they really address right away in the beginning with the Garden of Eden and everything starting out from there. And I mean, the, the show really evolves as it goes along, you know, telling the story, of course, of the angel and the demon, but to also wonder, you know, to take a step back sometimes. And I feel sometimes we get caught up in the everyday or in what the plan is supposed to be, but sometimes we don't actually step back and take a look at what the plan really is, or if we've dissected it so far that we've lost sight of what we started to do here to begin with. So I think that, you know, overall, it's got a really fun, you know, kind of play on a message with things like that, but then it just has such the lightheartedness, you know, between all of the characters, I find that the, quite a few of them are very androgynous, especially when it comes to, you know, um, the Michael, who is one of the archangels, is a woman. And then you've got Beelzebub, who's um, also a female. I mean, just different. But you also, you know, it's definitely not something where, like, that character has to be a certain way or another. Um, which I think appeals to a lot of people because it just kind of blends things back together and really gives you a way to see it in a more modern day approach with things. Um, I loved the fact that, I mean, as we've talked about, David Tennant and Michael Sheen are fantastic to play off of one another. Um, I think the kids in this show were amazing as well um, because, of course, as younger actors, you never really know what you're going to get necessarily. And I think that they had just a lot of fun with it. Um, I like that um, it's a British production as well, because then they, they really have a lot of fun kind of um, marrying some of the um, British idiosyncrasies into it as well. Um, they have a few things that relate back. There's like six or seven Easter eggs of Doctor Who throughout it. Um, quite a few different actors and actresses that have um, done shows and movies and things together before as well. So just a lot of fun with that. So, I mean, I, again, I adore this book and this movie, um, well, movie, series, and um, wish they would do more of it. Just out of curiosity, were there a lot of differences between the, the book and the series? Um, I mean, there were a few um, different pieces here and there. Um, I know that they changed a couple things, but I mean, overall, I think that the story really kind of kept on. Shelby can awesome. correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm... Oh, you read it too, Shelby. Oh, no, like, I, I definitely agree. I think they definitely stuck pretty close to the book. I mean, obviously, I know with series adaptations or movie adaptations, usually they have to change a couple things, but they, they stayed pretty true to the book. That's incredible. They definitely did, because I'm, I'm currently reading the book, and I'm like, oh, wow, but 
Neil Gaiman also worked on the television series, I believe, as the producer. So I'm not really surprised. Absolutely. That's what I was going to mention, too, is that um, it was he and Terry Pratchett's um, dream to always get it on the screen somehow. And unfortunately, it was after Terry Pratchett's already passed um, that they were finally able to do this. So he wanted to make sure that he was very much so a part of it in order to be sure that um, their vision was really seen the way that they intended it to, not the way that some movie producer thought that it was going to be, you know, let's do this. Right, right. And that's amazing. I totally didn't even know that he was a producer for it. That just makes it even more amazing in my eyes. Yeah. That also makes sense why American Gods looks, um, so like visually, it looks really similar. Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Thank you so much for asking, Taryn, because that was actually one of my questions, because I am a book reader. I love an imagination. I love to read things. So sometimes I shy away from things. Like, I loved American Gods, and I'm frightened to watch that series because I'm like, oh, but is it going to ruin what I, you know, I think which all book readers feel is going to ruin what I feel about this. So it's really good because I was going to pick up Good Omens next um, after kind of watching this. Yeah, and for me, it's usually um, in the reverse order. Like, I usually make a point to read the book first, like with uh, Game of Thrones. By the time that series came out, I had already read all of the books. So I ended up not watching the series because, like you said, I didn't want it to be, um, I didn't want my impression of that storyline to be ruined. Smart gal. I did it backwards. (laughs) And normally I would, but with American Gods, I think it was Cliff Butler who had brought it up um, in Amalgamania. And I was watching it and just glued. For one thing, it's visually stunning. And I just couldn't stop watching um, that plus the story. And with uh, Good Omens, it's the same type of effect so you might actually like watching um american gods oh it's on the list now all right um for our critical views you kind of touched into this um but in terms of um the production quality the cast um the music we kind of touched on all those things but is there anything else that anybody wanted to add in relation to that aspect of the show the technical aspect of the show like shelby i know you're studying um like graphic effects and art um, so you might have an interesting take on how um, how this was produced, how they carried out the effects that were described in the book. Oh, yeah, that was definitely the first thing that jumped out to me. Just everything looked so clean. Because I know especially with TV shows, for instance, I know some of the Marvel TV shows, like obviously with shows, they have a much lower budget when it comes to visual effects because that stuff can get really pricey. For this being a very small series, and I'm assuming they probably didn't have as big of a budget as some other shows, they were able to put it out beautifully. And that's why I was like, they didn't go overboard with some of the CGI or visual visual effects. They just put it where it was needed. So I definitely think that gave it a different level. So like they definitely kept it focused on the story and the characters and kind of their like back and forth. So the CGI didn't take away from that and it didn't like almost kind of like it didn't distract me as much because sometimes CGI can be a little too over the top or a little too much that it can kind of take away from everything in my opinion. Right. Right. I agree. Um, Anybody else have anything to add critically? I will say that um, I agree that the, 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 visual aspect of it was just enough. And I don't know if that's something that we're just coming to see with um, Prime, 
because as far as you know i love anime the anime on there which again different studios and such but the quality i feel that prime is putting out is is getting on par and maybe because we are moving to such a digital age where this is kind of like your flagship show your cool shows no one else has that they're able to do it and they're not flooding it um kind of and, and not a knock on netflix but you the netflix originals that we saw um two years ago versus what we see now is just almost a flooding of the market versus prime that's given us kind of quality stuff so it was definitely um good actors that you recognize as well as great quality film um but it, it was it was great it was something that i would a picture being on um, cable television that I mean if it was on there I wouldn't be like what is this this definitely on par um, if not above some series that are already out there on cable television I agree and this is actually my first show that I've watched on Amazon Prime um, I, I I don't know <laughs> I guess in my head it's just not like a Netflix where they put out all these awesome original shows but after having seen this one I'm really impressed so I'll definitely be looking at um, what else they have in their um, in their options in their catalog of shows, and if any of you have anything to recommend, please do so because I'm all about the Amazon Prime now. Like I said, I, I don't know how much you are into anime, but a lot of good anime. <laughs> I no, love anime. Great exclusives on there as far as having them. Again, you can get it anywhere, but there are some really good shows on a Prime. So I definitely will shoot you a message. <laughs> I appreciate that. And see, I didn't even know they had anime. So oh yeah, yes. <laughs> All right, I can't. I can't wait. A lot of binge watching in my future. I predict. Okay, in this part of the show, we are about to get into everybody's favorite part, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So, what we're talking about is um, our favorite parts about the show, um, whether it be a character or an episode or just a moment in interaction, um, and then the bad, what wasn't so great, um, what could have been better, and then the ugly, um, what you either didn't like or what you thought could have been changed or done better about the show. And for this portion, we are going to start with Shelby. And Shelby, you can actually do all three. All three? Oh, goodness. <laughs> um, so I definitely think my good for this, I, I mean, Crowley is probably my favorite character in the show for sure. But I definitely think, like, their, like uh, the relationship between him and Aziraphale, I really enjoy. Because I know some people are like, oh, are they in love, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, in the show, they had even said, like, they love each other and they just wanted to run away together. And I love how it kind of showed that aspect of two characters that pretty much are asexual and are still able to pretty much be in love with each other without it going to a sexual or like intimate type of place. So I definitely think that was an aspect I really enjoyed because I know with most shows, everyone wants that love interest and all the mushy gushy stuff. So I definitely enjoyed a show where the two characters, they loved each other, they respected each other, but it didn't have to go to that place. Um, the bad for me? Oh man, this is so hard, like, because I thoroughly enjoyed the show so much, it's really hard to really pick apart what I liked and disliked. Um, the bad for me? Um, I would have to say uh, the actor that played the Antichrist, he wasn't bad, but I just think 
in some parts, I didn't believe him as much as some of the other characters. So I feel like in some parts, it kind of took away from it a little, a little bit. But I mean, he also is obviously a young actor. So they're not as polished as obviously some of the older ones. So I mean, that could just be a taste preference for me. Um, and the ugly for me is that they have not confirmed if there's going to be a second season yet. <laughs> so I know like so many people are wanting a second season, but I mean, they pretty much already covered the entire story. So if they were to do a second season, I do not know where they would go from there. But that that's pretty much the ugly for me is I'm like, they have not confirmed nor denied a second season and I need to know. Right, and that, that's actually my ugly too. You stole my ugly. Which sounds really funny to say. I mean, we can always share. <laughs> um, for me, the the good um, was like Shelby kind of mentioned the um, that I saw um, Aziraphale and Crowley more so as kindred spirits than love interests, um, and I think that they were in a sense symbolic of humanity. Like they're these two people, and they have to told they have to be absolutely good or absolutely evil, which is just not natural, and they struggle with that having to be on a side and remain on a side and i i love that um because we tend to um just as as people try to totally classify things or label things or put them in boxes and even an angel and a demon you know we're struggling with having these labels above them um and really having i guess not necessarily not having a sense of autonomy but realizing that they have something outside of what they told they are and then trying to figure out what to do with that. Um, I also love the, the voiceover from God. I love that God was a woman. Um, and I love the, the voiceover from God uh, telling the story. Um, my dad, I, I didn't like Pepper. I didn't like Pepper. I thought she was, um, that, that she just had too much attitude for such a young child. And I, I think that she, she got a little bit annoying after a while because mostly all of what she said was um, negative or combative or antagonistic. And, you know, I get that she was, you know, defying traditional gender roles and stereotypes, and I'm all about that. Um, but I think it, it might have been able to be played a little bit differently. And for my ugly, like um, Shelby just said, I want a second season. You know, I want more to this story. So I'm hoping um, that they do come out with one. Um, Another ugly is how in the, uh, I believe in the third episode, the four horsemen are first mentioned and one of the horsemen was changed from pestilence to pollution, which totally makes sense in the world that we live in, um, that, that you know, pollution would be one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Um, but I, I like the idea of pestilence. <laughs> I don't know if that means I'm just traditional or or what but um that, that definitely was something that kind of bugged me a little bit too yeah. I didn't think of. I'm glad you touched on that <laughs> um depending on your translation of the bible sometimes it says that the horseman is pestilent sometimes it says it's pollution okay I I did not know that I had no idea yes yeah, very interesting didn't know that either yeah I, I guess I was like the old style biblical plague <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's sickness yeah. and you know leprosy and I, I don't know why Yes, I always thought of the fourth horseman as plague. That's what I thought it was. Mm. Okay. Yeah, and I always thought it was pestilence. And something about what you guys just said reminded me of that reference to, um, oh, I can't remember his name. He was one of the angels, the bald one. Um, 
who was there, fellow I referenced how he was turning people into salt. And I just thought that was fun that, you know, oh, yeah. that in there. <laughs> but, but you know what? Well, I'll, I'll wait my turn. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Sarah, you're up next. Good, bad, ugly. Um, I was trying to think of the angel that you were talking about, and I want to say his name starts with San or San something. Uh, I'm not going to remember what it is. But I think okay. they were talking about Sodom and Gomorrah. Yes. Yes. And the but guy's the, name. Hold on. I, will, I will keep looking while we're talking, too. Um, but let's see. Okay, so my good. I would let, I love the fact that episode three is the longest cold open in the history of television at 28 minutes, um, which is hilarious because it's almost half of the entire episode itself. I had no idea um, it was that long. Yes. Um, I looked it up because it is one of my favorite parts because it shows you um, Aziraphale and uh, Crowley's life like starting from the beginning and all the way through and kind of how they became cohorts and eventually realized that you know if you go to bless the same person I'm going to go to torment or if there's a torment that's nearby and I can have you tempt them we both don't need to go and nobody upstairs or downstairs is going to be any of the wiser um, so I thought that was kind of fun how over the years it kind of showed their relationship getting stronger and their trust in one another becoming stronger um, but then also, like you said, like their struggle with the good and evil, like, um, when they're at Noah's Ark and Crowley looks at his ear and says, you can't kill kids. Um, somebody pointed out in one of the, the groups that I'm in that Crowley's hair looks like it could possibly have been braided somewhere towards the back. And they said they didn't see that Crowley would necessarily be a demon that would sit down and, um, braid his own hair but that they, he's never seemed to have trouble with kids throughout the timeline. So they were wondering if even if it was something where, you know, he interacted with the children and things like that, and they actually braided it for him. Wow. You know, different things that you see throughout where, um, you know, again, with the struggle with good and evil, it goes back to um, when you see in, I think it's one of the first episodes, um, Crowley pushes his ear fell up against a wall and he never looks concerned at all. And then later in the episodes, without giving anything away, um, someone who you think he should be able to trust, he's completely terrified of. So it's just definitely interesting to see the struggle of good and evil. And, and I love that, you know, throughout it, bad. What would be bad? That John Hamm didn't have more. Um, I love him as an actor and I really thought that he did the arch archangel Gabriel amazingly. And he actually, that was one of the things when you asked what the differences were with the book, Gabriel isn't mentioned a ton in the book. He's not as pivotal of a character as he is, as he is in the show. Um, so that was definitely kind of fun as far as, um, as that goes is I loved the little bits with him because you just, you know, I guess in your head, you have an idea of who that would be because of how you've been raised or, um, I mean, just different biblical stories that you've heard. So to see that character be something that you would just be like, wait, what is really funny. Okay. Side note, um, Sandalfoot was the, yes, angel. yes, that's it. So, um, <laughs> busted that one out here for us there the <laughs> oh. ugly the ugly is what i don't like which is people not realizing that entertainment is for fun and the twenty thousand people that sent signatures to netflix to cancel the show what 
Yeah, that was something was I whole, wanted to touch on. Yes, it was a whole huge thing that the Christian organization did not do their homework and demanded that Netflix cancel um, Good Omens. So Netflix talked to Amazon and said, Amazon, if you cancel Stranger Things, we'll cancel Good Omens. Like as a joke back to them saying like, okay, here people just, you're not paying enough attention to know even what you're trying to ask for. So I, I think that people sometimes get too ahead of themselves. They were saying that they didn't like the fact that this show focused on um, certain aspects of Satanism and that God was a female. And I'm like, really? <laughs> so I feel that the ugly side of humanity came out when that happened versus I think the better part of it, which is what we realized with this show that, you know, humanity can be better off um, if we just leave it alone sometimes. I had no idea that that even happened, but I mean, yep. it makes total sense. Oh it my gosh. Like it was really funny. <laughs> it was really funny. Cause it was right before stranger things was coming out like later in that season. I, I don't remember 2019 would have been for stranger season three, right before it started. And this would have come out right in May. So it was right before this was coming out. So it was just, everybody's thinking about both, this, both seasons and, you know, this one's new and that one's coming back and everything. And it was just really funny that these groups got it all wrong. Wow. That sounds like the protests um, that were surrounding uh, the Golden Compass yes. when that came out. Yeah. And definitely. interestingly, that that's what made me read the book. Oh, <laughs> nice. It wasn't the movie because the movie was horrible. I but actually I have know... the, the Golden Compass books right next to me. So oh, read them all. Story. Have you already read them? No, it's my first time reading them. They're oh, amazing. So, so good. yeah, they I are will keep amazing. you posted. So good. <laughs> so, Jordan. All right, my good. Um, I think for me, uh, a lot of it was that it was it it was a love story, but it was very unconventional love story. Uh, kind of like what Shelby was saying. You have these two beings that they obviously care about each other and love each other, but it kind of goes into that gray area and I liked that it was in that gray zone like it was in episode three uh 601 BC and Aziraphale looks at him and goes hey are you still a demon and Crowley looks at him and goes am I still a demon no I'm an aardvark yes I'm still a demon and it was totally something that I could see that kind of interaction going on between like me and my husband or me and my best friend um, when we get together. The bad wasn't really the show. It was more myself and my religious standpoint from how I was raised growing up. And I had to personally just kind of take a step back and be like, well, you need to chill because I was sitting there like, this is blasphemy. And then I was like, well, but no, not really. It's that these characters, they're not good, they're not bad, and that's exactly the whole purpose of this show is that they're portraying that. And so it was, it was more just me personally that I had to take a step back and rethink my thinking of the show. The ugly, kind of like what uh, you and Shelby were saying, um, I, I just want to know if there's going to be more. I, I would love it if there was more, but I don't know where they would actually take it. 
but they left the last episode on that kind of cliffhanger of, oh yeah, they'll leave us alone, but will they? So uh, I'm, I'm interested to know if there will be more. Last up, Danielle, good, bad, ugly. All right. Uh, so my good, I will definitely say it is the just chemistry, comedic, um, friendly, just make you like hit you right in the feels chemistry of the two main characters, uh, you know, Tenet and, you know, it's just great. Michael, she, they worked so great together. I laughed out loud, literally, on so many things that it was, it was great. It was something that I haven't gotten from two main characters. You might have something that you watch and you're like, oh yeah, I like that guy. But just the two of them back and forth, that, that chemistry was just such a good for me. Um, now, it kind of then sways to the bad of, I didn't care about any of the other people. <laughs> um, I think that's why I fell asleep on um, episode one of what's kind of going on because I'm like, yeah, who cares? Who, what, what these babies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're telling me something, but give me more of these like hilarious guys. They're they're what I want to see. Um, which again, it changes. It's just they were just so much on a twenty when everyone else was maybe on like a seven. Because I do think the youth actors were were great. Um, I think that they did a good job. I don't think they were horrible. I just, in comparison, it was just, um, it was good. It was good entertainment. Um, so, which is why I think everybody has kind of mentioned episode three. That gets you hook, line, and sinker. When you start going back to the past um, of millennia of history that we, you know, know, quote unquote, no, and seeing it from their perspective and adding their com comedic flair to it. Oh, you had me there. So I think if anybody is wanting to watch and they're kind of, if you get to that and you get it, if you don't get it by then, that solidifies it for you. And um, I loved it. Uh, I think, you know, you kind of hint on this history. And when <laughs> Crowley's talking about wait, there's that unicorn. You got to get them. You get it, get them on the ark. Um, I was dying. Like it's hilarious. It's things that we joke about. Um, kind of what Jordan was saying as far as religious beliefs and watching something like this. Um, it's my mom and myself. My mom is very serious about religious beliefs and I've always been a little looser, believing in a higher power, believing in, in, you know, certain things. But this was literally, I feel, when you just break it all down, let's not talk about God and this, that, and the other, about good and e evil, but yet right and wrong. Um, one of my favorite anime, I don't know, most of you, if you know me, <laughs> know this, is Attack on Titan. And one of the themes I think that runs throughout is, well, who is my enemy? Who says who is the actual enemy? Who says who is evil? What gives them the right to say that's evil? Well, what if good people start doing evil things? What if evil people start doing good things? That inner, um, I don't want to say battle with yourself, but questioning that you have with yourself rather than blindly following is just put in such a great artistic way. And that's why I like it. I mean, it's, it's great. Um, so I'm sorry, that's my bad. It sounded good, but that's my bad. <laughs> um, and the ugly, we're just going to have a harem of ugly ladies. My ugly is going to be um, 
what's up with season two? Like, I didn't want to Google it because I wasn't all the way done by the time we were watching this. I'm not all the way done and I don't want to ruin anything for myself, but definitely wanting a, a season two. Um, and then just one last note. Um, I also love that I felt a part of the theme is free will. Um, when we talk about a lot of religious things, we talk about that, you know, what we were given is free will. Um, so seeing these beings also deal with having their own choice, I just, again, think is another beautiful thing, um, which is hysterical that Christians would, or, you know, again, not all of them, but make this petition. It's like, but wait, this is a good lesson for everyone if this is what you're wanting. So that's my good, bad, and ugly. <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. All right. Final thoughts, final recommendations. Should you watch it? Should you not? Um, if you have any plugs for other sites, things you're doing on the side, et cetera, we're going to get into that, starting with Sarah. Okay. So last thoughts and things here um, would be that um, I can share with you a little bit that if you Google right now, Aziraphale and Crowley um, lockdown or shelter in place, um, our favorite angel and demon do a voice recording to kind of get us back into the swing of things. So with this whole pandemic stuff, it's just kind of fun that some of our favorite characters were able to join in and kind of relay how their characters would be feeling um, during this time of uncertainty. Um, so you definitely can get a little bit more of a taste of the two of them. Um, I absolutely a thousand percent would recommend watching this and reading the book. It's not a long book. It's less than 230 pages probably. Um, we all have so much time on our hands um, that it definitely would be a lot of fun to, to see the comparisons. Um, I actually went back and reread the book after I watched the show because it had been so long since I'd read the book just to see the differences. Um, I'm glad they went with a redheaded Crowley um, because in the book he is a brunette. So, shocker. Um, if you like the sound of my voice and you'd like to hear more of me, um, I will actually be on an upcoming uh, podcast called The Fantastic Podcast, um, where I will be talking about my um, one of the things that I am a big fan of, which is Dr. Pimple Popper. So, definitely take a look and a listen, and um, thank you for letting me join. Of course. It was great to have you. Uh, Jordan. Absolutely. You need to watch the series. Um, I, I re-watched the series in preparation for this cast. As I was done reading it or watching it, I was like, okay, I now have to go and read the book. <laughs> it's amazing how closely it is to the series. But at the same time, you're not bored that you're basically reading the same thing over again. Um, I've done that before where I've read something that has been the exact same as some as a show or a comic based on it. And I've just had to skip over the parts that I've already basically read because it was just so boring to read again. And this is not like that. I'm reading it again and I'm like, yes, this is awesome. I love this. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Watch the series, read the book. Um, you, you'll you'll get the great Queen, best of Queen uh, soundtrack in the series. Let's see. You can catch me on the Amalga Files along with Shelby sometimes. So I think that's about it for me. All right, Danielle. 
Well, I, again, I want this to come from a perspective of someone who's like, eh, I'm not going to like this. You're going to love it. Watch it. Stop what you're doing. Laugh a little bit. Don't take things too seriously. Uh, so I definitely would recommend it. I'm excited because again, at the time of this cast, I've not finished the last of it. I've been being a bum uh, with a lot of PlayStation playing here with my free time and just being uh, very free with it. So I'm definitely going to finish this when we're done. Um, I'm excited now to read the book because I am a book reader. Um, so I'm excited to read that. And I just definitely think it's something you should do. I have nothing going on. I'm happy to do <laughs> what anyone needs me to do because I'm bored out of my mind. So uh, again, catching up on a lot of video game playing, a lot of anime watching, and a lot of great series. So definitely recommend this one and hope everybody's staying safe and sane. And Danielle also has an amazing Facebook group as well, Anime Universe. Yes, I do. I am an admin over there at Anime Universe. So I'm already going to shoot. Um, <laughs> I've got Taryn with a great list already of some great animation she should be watching. Awesome. So make sure to sneak on over there. Happy to make you guys feel welcome. All right, Shelby. Um, I agree with what everyone was saying. 100% need to watch this, especially right now. People are cooped up inside. I feel like everyone just needs a good laugh right now. Things are so tense and so serious right now and just absolutely bonkers that I think it's good to just sit down and laugh once in a while, especially about something that apparently some people is, think is a trivial topic. But uh, honestly, just it's, it's a good show. I think anyone will enjoy it no matter what age. So you can even watch this with your kids. It's not something that they're going to have a hard time following. Um, like Jordan said, you can catch me on the Amalga Files and then obviously right here at the Amalga Cast. Definitely stay tuned for some more episodes that we have coming up. We have some juicy stuff coming. I can't wait. And I love that's how you end it. <laughs> some juicy just, stuff just go to leave coming. it with we have juicy stuff coming. <laughs> at least she didn't say moist, ladies. At least she didn't say moist. I've heard moist. that word way too much today. <laughs> I'm thinking of steak now, moist and juicy. Uh, I mean, Ooh. if that's what you call it. Y'all were talking about moist earlier, and I was like, oh, I want cake. Oh, yes, cake. <laughs> Again, I, I got air quotes over here, I want guys. Chocolate cake right now. <laughs> oh, yes. Me too. Chocolate cake. Well, I'm about to go make some food after this now. <laughs> That's what you want to call it. <laughs> all right. I'm I, crying, I, guys. I'm crying over here. <laughs> it's all right. We are right there with you. <laughs> and I agree. Unsurprisingly, I agree with um, the rest of you guys that if, if you're not hypersensitive about religion, and if you are, you probably, you know, wouldn't even think about watching the show anyway. Um, but if you're not going to be bothered by the untraditional spin on religious topics, then you should definitely watch this show. It's visually amazing. Um, the characters are incredible. They did a great job with the cast, and it's a great storyline, and it's, it's short. It's only six episodes for the first season, so it's um, perfect, perfect amount of episodes for binge watching. So yeah, definitely check this one out, even if you're just a little bit interested. Um, in terms of stuff going on, um, of course, check out Amalgamania if you have not been there. We have segments every day 
in relation to, we do comic book battles, um, we do relationship stuff. We have um, several different casts, Amalfa Files with uh, Jordan and Shelby, um, who is a guest sometimes on that show, and Ian Wallace. And we have Amalfa Cast, which we're doing right now. Um, we might be having another cast soon for Who Dares Wins. We have a store, and we're going to be adding some more stuff to the store over the next coming few weeks. So we have a lot of things going on over there. So make sure you come by and check us out. Um, if you have any recommendations for other things that you want us to review, other shows you want to talk us to, want us to talk about, shows or movies or books or anime, um, all of that stuff is valid. Please let us know. Thank you so very much for joining us for what I realized as we were talking is the very first all-female episode of Amalga Cat. We are trailblazers. You guys, I said I wrote notes and I definitely skipped over that. Definitely one of my pluses is when you hear voiceover and it is a woman. God is a woman. I'm here for it all day. Yeah. Yeah. I, Grande 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 Grande. I think it was yeah. I think it was what? Fran Dorman? Yes! yes. Again, I mean, and that's your voiceover. She's like, fabulous anyway. Yes! Yes. And she's just a voiceover. Again, right. like I said, the cast quality, the little nuances, it's awesome. Watch it. Go watch it. <laughs> Definitely go watch it right now. Thank you so much for listening. We hope to hear, uh, see you on the next cast. Mm-hmm.